Hey there, Ebenezer Youth. My name is Will Demetro, and I am the junior and senior youth pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church. And today we're going to be talking about something very heavy. And this is the question, do all religions lead to God? My assumption about you today is you have thought about the topic, do all religions lead to God? And my assumption about you is you've likely formed an opinion on this topic as well. So today what I want to do is evaluate this question, do all religions lead to God? And each prominent religion with fairness, I can't promise you it will come unbiased because no matter who we are, we all come with bias. But with deep study on this topic and other religions akin, I'm going to be as fair as possible to each religion and come to a conclusion based on a study together. And whether you disagree with me or not on this conclusion, I want to come with this at a humble way and I ask for you to do the same. On a personal note for me, the reason I'm speaking on this specific question today is I did not grow up in a Christian background like you have. I was never raised to follow Jesus and lack for better terms of some people who've grown up in Christianity, I never had Jesus shoved down my throat like some of people have. But for me, I was raised in a different type of home and I have a whole different and unique angle on this topic. Now, the last thing before diving into the subject as I speak, I want you to think about the questions that you have. Because when you're able to be curious and you're able to ask the questions that you have and you're able to find mentors, pastors, people you trust on the real questions you have, you can get to some really good places. So as I talk, think about your questions. But before we go into what we're talking about today, let's join our hearts together in prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day, for who you are, and this opportunity to speak. And I just thank you, Jesus, that you're good. And I pray as we explore different religions that you would just help us, that you would continue to shape and form us, and you would just have yourself and you would make yourself revealed to us today. As I speak, God, make me less so that you can become great. So we pray this for your honor and glory. Amen. Do all religions lead to God? You see, there are 195 countries in this world. Considering that people tend to be different province to province in Canada, proves that our 194 other countries do not see the world the same as we do in the West, which is simply Canada and the United States. A major flaw when one asks the question, do all religions lead to God, is we assume everyone sees the world the way that we see the world. But doing this leads to us having a great deal of confusion and miscommunication. The reality with the question, do all religions lead to God, is this specific question fits very well into a Canadian context where we're taught that religious truth is about perspective. When one asks the question, do all religions lead to God, this question almost always will come with one of two assumptions, and almost always both. Number one, this question assumes that all religions teach that God exists. Number two, this question assumes that the goal of all religions is to reach God. With that said, let's explore every major world religion and compare them with these two assumptions for what they are, and we will then begin to draw some thoughts and applications coming out of those. So, let's begin by exploring the prominent world religion, starting with Hinduism. Hinduism is a religion that teaches that there are a multiple amount of gods and they come in different ways and forms. But with all these gods, there is one supreme reality called Brahman. What's interesting about Brahman is he's personified as various gods, but yet he's one reality. The human predicament of Hinduism is no one is automatically aware of divine nature, but until a Hindu person is aware with their unity with the divine gods, they will be subject to the law of karma 
and stuck in a cycle of reincarnation. This essentially means that you will continue to be reborn after death. So although Hinduism teaches or appears to teach that a bunch of gods exist, Hinduism teaches that these gods are impersonal forces and are not like us at all. So Hinduism does not reach our first assumption that God even exists. Hinduism does not teach or tries to teach to be led by God. The ultimate goal of Hinduism is for people to merge into the oneness of Brahman where our unique individuality as humans will disappear instead of being with God and being led to God ourselves. And in Hinduism, there is no afterlife. So therefore, Hinduism does not qualify for our second question of the goal being led to God. So that's Hinduism in a nutshell. But let's explore Buddhism. Buddhism is an interesting religion because it was also actually a religion that began following with Hinduism but a reformed, a branch out of it and started a new religion from a man named Siddhartha and he's commonly known as Buddha. Buddhism does not teach that God exists but Buddhism teaches that there is an ultimate reality called the Force. The best way to describe how this works is the Force is like an ocean. People will develop negative vibes that is a wave driven by desire. As one desires for negativity grow, so will the wave. So no to the first assumption that God exists. With that said, the goal of Buddhism is not to reach God, but it's the goal of Buddhism is to reach a state of ultimate good and peacefulness where we have no more waves of negativity, but rather to tame our waves and to come out with an ultimate peace and calmness. And everything finishes at the life that is lived in hopefully a mindful way, and then we just die and cease to exist. So that's Buddhism. Now let's move on to Islam. I think of all the world religions, we tend to compare Islam with Christianity the most. But let's explore what Islam is seeking to accomplish in their world religion. The message of Islam is simply this in one sentence. Mankind is to submit to the will of Allah and all will face judgment after death where Allah will weigh our good and our bad deeds and will decide the person's fate. Islam definitely holds to the first assumption that a god exists, although not a personal god. Islam refers to their god as Allah. Allah does not teach the second assumption that the goal is to reach him because Allah is a holistically different than humans and is unattainable and cannot be reached by humans. Even the famous Muhammad who penned the Quran needed an angel mediator in order to communicate with Allah. This is meaning that the goal of Islam is to reach an afterlife but not heaven. The afterlife is where one receives an earthly paradise and the best people who have the most good deeds will reach more and more human pleasures. But note this, although the afterlife is an earthly paradise near Allah, this is not where Allah will be. Allah is wholly other than human. Humans are not made in the image of Allah, so the second assumption is that Islam seeks to reach God is false according to Islam. Now, let's move into scientism. Scientism is not per se a religion in how we think of religion, but if someone comes up to you and says, I don't believe in God, I believe in science, this would likely be classified as scientism. Scientism teaches that there is no God, so therefore God cannot even be reached. So there is no to a first and our second assumption. Scientism teaches us that the reality is only in this physical world. There is nothing spiritual about this world. There is no heaven. There is nothing outside of the things that we observe with our five senses, which is to see, hear, taste, smell, and touch. It is the common belief by scientism that with enough time, science alone will answer every question about the universe, everything about human life, because humans are here by chance, and life by its best is a glorious accident and your purpose is to make the most and leave a better footprint than you came into it with. 
Like Hinduism and Buddhism teaches, scientism teaches that being a person is an illusion and that when we die we just cease to exist and there's nothing outside of here of our life on earth. Now we're going to move to Judaism. I would say out of all the world religions, Judaism is actually the hardest to make sense of because Judaism has gone through very drastic changes and is very drastic and different based on how it looks compared to different people. As we know, the holy scripture of Christianity is the Bible. And the Bible consists of the Old Testament and the New Testament in 66 books. Judaism, simply put, does not believe in the New Testament and adds some books to their canon called the Talmud. The Talmud is essentially a few books that are ethical and legal ways for the Jew to live in society. So, essentially, when Jesus came into this earth and the movement of Christianity went into, like, launched, some people just did not buy it. This formed into a modern form of Judaism that is currently in existence. There are currently three branches of Judaism. Number one, Orthodox Judaism. Number two, Conservative Judaism. Number three, Reform Judaism. Orthodox Judaism believes that number one, God exists. Number two, he can be reached, but they do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Number two, Conservative Judaism holds to an impersonal God who can never be reached. And number three, Reform Judaism holds to a God concept, but he cannot be reached. And to keep in mind, most people are either conservative or reform Judaism. Interestingly, most of Judaism today is an ethnic and cultural heritage rather than a belief in God, rather than a relationship with God. Most modern people who adhere to Judaism would consider themselves either atheist or agnostic. But the difference between true Judaism, as in Orthodox Judaism, and Christianity is people who believe in Judaism believe that a Messiah is still coming. Christianity believes he has come and his name is Jesus which leads us to our final world religion, which is Christianity. Christianity is the continuation, fulfillment of the Old Testament Judaism. Christianity teaches us that Jesus was predicted over 270 times to come to this earth to show what he would do. Christianity teaches that God exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, yet he is one God. The key tenet to Christianity, though, is this. Jesus, who is the Son of God and was predicted to be the Messiah, came down onto this earth, he died on the cross, and he resurrected on that cross and ascended to heaven. And because of that, we are saved by our sin, by the name of Jesus, who washed us clean and made us right before God. Jesus, according to Christianity, paved the way for us to have a relationship with God. Christianity ultimately teaches that God reached out to people through Jesus, who came as a human to make a relationship with us, although at the same time he was God. The result of believing in what Jesus has done for them is life forever with God in the same place which we commonly call heaven. Christianity fundamentally teaches that God exists, and it fundamentally teaches that the goal of Christianity is simply to be led by God. With all these religions, I'm going to suggest to you that Christianity is the only religion that plainly attempts to answer this question of do all religions lead to God and fits the two assumptions we are looking for. Outside of a Judeo-Christian worldview, which means origins in Judaism and Christianity, no other religion even attempts to answer the question we're thinking about. You might be thinking, well, so what? You might just say that, but this doesn't necessarily even answer what religion is true. 
Because in Western culture, sometimes we think of religions as equally true. We want to think there's this thing like Truth Mountain, where we're all climbing up a mountain at our own pace on different sides of the mountain, and we will all reach to the top in our own way. Don't we want to think that all religions might lead to God or at least the truth? Well, it sounds nice at glance. Everyone can go to heaven but at their own pace. But when we look at this closely, this does not work because truth by nature is exclusive. I'm going to tell you this, not everything is true. All religions clearly tell us that they're the best way to live. And most do not even teach that God exists and definitely not that he cannot be reached. So if all religions are seeking to accomplish very different things, there is no such thing as a mountain to climb because the religions don't even try to do so. But what about somebody who says to you, well, your religion's true for you and my religion's true for me? Well, imagine it this way. What if someone told you the flu wasn't real and it was an illusion of some sort? And you obviously said, well, I disagree with you. You're throwing up in the bathroom right now and you're very sick. And they responded, well, that's the truth for me and that's the truth for you. Well, you would just say to that person, that's an incoherent argument. That's illogical. Like, why would you think that? That's a false claim to have. And you see, all religions are claiming to be true. But because truth is exclusive by nature, at the end of the day, only one can be true. I want to make the claim that we need to find the truth because the stakes are so high. I want to suggest to you, through walking through these world religions briefly, that Christianity is actually very unique amongst the other religions. I want to give you three reasons for this. The first reason is this. Christianity's uniqueness of Jesus claiming to be the author of life being God. When we read the four accounts of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will find that Jesus was unique among anyone else in history. Jesus taught with real authority. For instance, we see in Matthew 7, 28-29, after Jesus gives this famous teaching called the Sermon of the Mount, Matthew the writer ends it like this. It says this, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. If we notice closely, Jesus taught with real authority, unlike the other religious teachers. Jesus even says in the Gospel of John, like this famously, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. You see, what's different about Jesus is he wasn't a messenger on behalf of God. He was God. For instance, right here, I'm not God. So I point to Jesus and not to me. But Jesus pointed to himself when he taught. Jesus spoke as if he was the author of life, as if he was the one who created the world and sustains it. No other man with such influence has started a 2.3 billion person movement that centers around his very own death and resurrection on a cross. You see, in John 14, 6, Jesus claimed to be the exclusive way to life. And some might find that arrogant. But we all know that God is too good for us. We do not deserve his grace. And you see, Jesus only leads to God. The answer to all religions lead to God is a firm no, because they're not even trying. What is unique about Christianity is that it's about a way of centering around one person. Christians say that it's all about Jesus because Jesus claimed to be God, the author and the narrator of life. Everything in Christianity hinges on one person, and that is Jesus. Andy Steiger who I've used for a resource when I'm thinking about this question. He says this in his book, Thinking. 
Sire says this, First, Jesus made it very clear that all religions cannot lead to God. Rather, he said that he alone is the way to salvation because through him, God reached us. Jesus did not describe a world in which we're climbing on the same mountain, but rather he said we're all descending from the same purpose. The Bible began with people living in a relationship with God. Adam and Eve were living for the purpose they were created for until evil entered the world and separated all mankind from God. Essentially, we started at the top of the mountain and we've been falling ever since. Now I want to make a second point. Although Jesus claims to be the only way to God, God desires all of us to be saved. Contrary to any other religion in the world, the God of the Bible wants your hearts. 2 Peter 3.9 says it this way, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. You see, Christianity is the only religion that teaches that Jesus wants all of you saved and for all of you to enjoy God forever in order that you might glorify him. Jesus fundamentally challenged all the systems of religion. You see, the way to the eternal, li eternal life isn't the eightfold path, the four noble truths, the five pillars of action, the six articles of belief, or any other of the systems of salvation taught by religions. Jesus is God who came down to this earth to teach he's the true way to life of the fullest. And I want to make one more point. Number three, I believe this makes Christianity very unique and special, and this is actually the creation account. You see, in every single religion, we have an origin story on how our world was created. And what's so unique here about the creation story in a Judeo-Christian worldview is very different compared to other world religions. In fact, there are very three unique things about the creation story that Christianity teaches compared to other world religions. Number one, in the creation account in the Bible, it teaches this, that everything that God makes is good. That's the first thing. Every other religion does not have a world where everything was meant to be good. In fact, other world religions, all of them, teach that the world was made out of utter chaos. Only Christianity teaches that God made the world as if it was very good. And it wasn't until humans, us, came and disobeyed God to mess that up. Number two, Christianity, their creation, Christianity's creation account is the only story in which women are made in the image of God. Every other religion believes women are lesser beings than men. In fact, women are usually made by mistake, not for a purpose, as Christianity teaches. Only Christianity teaches that women are equal to men and are made in God's own image. No other religion's creation story leaves room for women as Christianity does. And number three, God gives one a day off. The Sabbath is found nowhere else in ancient religious history. Every other religion sees humans as people who just do work and our value is found in what we have to offer God or to offer how much we can do for him. But this is interesting because it goes to show that the God of the Bible values human life. According to Christianity, our value is not found in what we can do for God, how much we have to offer God, but it's about who we are. And God values us much more than the work that we can do. So, with these three overarching points, number one, Christianity's uniqueness for Jesus claiming to be the author of life. Number two, God desiring all to be saved. And number three, Christianity's creation story. I can be confident that no religion leads to God except Jesus. 
and the religion I adhere to is Christianity because of its uniqueness to inevitably point towards him. You see, Jesus is much more than the other religious teachers. I believe he's much more than that. C.S. Lewis, one of the most brilliant Christian thinkers in the 20th century, comments so brilliantly on this. It's actually one of his most famous sayings. Lewis says this here, I am trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him being Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I do not accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who's merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus would say could not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level of a man who said he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man, Jesus, was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. Jesus has not left that open to us, and he did not attend to. You see, Jesus' claim to be the way, the truth, and the life means that he cannot just be a great moral teacher. He was either, as Lewis says, a lunatic, the devil, or God. And you have to make a choice. Which one do you think Jesus was? All other world religions, as we have explored briefly, do not answer the question to life as I believe Jesus can. And like I said, I grew up in a home that experienced different tastes of religions, and this is part of why I'm so interested in this topic. And for me, I began to realize when I started to study world religions deeper, that there was a chance that all religions did not lead to God, and at first I was crushed, I was devastated. But for me, with the things that Christianity claims and the things that Christianity teaches and the way of life that it offers compared to any other world religion, I'm grateful that I found my way to Jesus. Because for me, I truly believe he's the only way to live, not only in truth, but also in practice and the way it functions. Through studying other world religions, my eyes have been opened up that I don't think that other world religions and ultimate goals give us the same purpose or roadmap that Christianity can do in the name of Jesus. With that said, I have two takeaways from this teaching today. The first is this, no other religion besides Christianity even tries to lead to God. As we've explored, Buddhism and scientism doesn't even teach that God exists, therefore they don't lead to God. Hinduism teaches gods exist, but we don't even try to lead to these gods. Islam teaches Allah who is their God exists, but Islam still doesn't lead to God, at least to an earthly paradise where the most person with the most good deeds will get the most human pleasures, which the best goal is to get multiple virgin women to sleep with for eternity. But the important part I want to note about Allah, Islam's God, is, isn't even a part of the afterlife paradise itself, but a separate place. Even Islam doesn't lead to God. Judaism teaches God exists and can be reached, but they do not believe in Jesus being the Messiah. Rather, they are still waiting for the Messiah to come, the Messiah being somebody who ultimately puts us in right standing with God. But Christianity teaches he's come and his name's Jesus and that God is in fact real and that he can be reached through Jesus which we can be led to eternal life with him. Heaven, Christianity's afterlife, teaches evidently that God will be among us in heaven and we will celebrate with him
for the rest of eternity. The second takeaway is this. Jesus claims to be the only way to God, the only way to eternal life. There's a new heresy in the church, and heresy simply means incorrect teaching. And there's a heresy within the West today in Christianity. It's called moralistic therapeutic deism. That's a word to put in your back pocket. And moralistic therapeutic deism holds to five things. Number one, a God exists who created and orders the world and watches over human life on earth. Number two, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other, as taught in the Bible and probably by other world religions too. Number three, the central goal of life is to be happy and to feel good about oneself. Number four, God does not need to particularly be involved in your life except when God is needed to resolve your problems, such as a genie in a bottle. And number five, good people, nice people, will go to heaven when they die. I want to tell you that these five things many of us subconsciously believe. And believing in moralistic therapeutic deism paves the way for one to believe that all religions must lead to God. But I'm going to respond briefly to these five points. Number one, we do have a God who created the world, but this God is actively involved in our life, wants us to be good, and the central goal of life isn't to be happy. The central goal of life is to love others and to love God and to be holy. And we want, I want to take a moment to remember that loving others and loving God often does not make you the most happy. In fact, most times it does not make us happy at all. I just got married approximately a year ago and I realized that my wife brings me a huge amount of joy. But more importantly, she has called me to become more holy and that active choice of love is an everyday choice I make for her. And it does not always make me happy. It's not always easy. And that's even more reflected in our relationship with God. God is involved in our life, but not just when we have problems. Matthew 28, 20 says this. Jesus says, be sure of this, I am with you even until the end of the age. Jesus' last words tell us that if we allow him to be, Jesus will be involved in our life. And lastly, Jesus tells us that if we repent and follow him as Lord in our life, we will have eternal life in him. I want to make a point here. For those who reject Jesus, but may be a good person, why would they want to spend eternal life with Jesus in the new Jerusalem in heaven? Respectfully, one rejects something for a reason. Now, I wish that a good person, or anyone in that case, would ever reject Jesus, but they did out of their own free will and volition. You see, it is only through Jesus and accepting him as the way, the truth, and the life that we will inherit eternal life and be able to walk through the gates of heaven. It's good news that we do not have to create our own religion, find our own way to God, or make a false heaven, because God has set that blueprint for us. Jesus claims to be God and claims to be the only way to eternal life. So, with that said, I have three applications for you to take home with you today on this teaching today. And the first is this, ask questions. When we say ignorant and stay within our own bubble of thinking or our own echo chambers, we can get in trouble on how we think. Asking the hard questions about truth and life and weighing it out is absolutely necessary. So my first application is ask hard questions. Ask questions like why would Jesus claim to be the only way to life? Ask questions like why would God want us to even accept him? There are so many questions that we need to ask and it strengthens us when we are looking for the deepest answers and when we are tested in our faith. Ask questions. Number two, ask yourself, do you really believe Jesus is who we said he was? I want you to take a moment and think about this. 
Do you really believe that Jesus is the way, the life, the author of life, the way, the truth, and the life? Do you believe that? And if you do, what are you going to do about it? If Jesus is really who he said he was, I want to suggest to you it has to mean everything to you, nothing less. So ask yourself, do you really believe Jesus is who he said he was? Because he said he was nothing less than the God of the universe who wants to call you into a relationship with him and to obedience through repentance to him. And number three, if you believe that Jesus is the only way to God, hold this with boldness, but yet with humility and gentleness. For those who are convinced that Jesus must be the only way to God, we have to hold this with number one, boldness, number two, humility and gentleness. Two things go wrong when one is convinced that Jesus is the way. We can become very conceited about it and condemn people hatefully. That is not a helpful approach because it lacks being humble or lacks the spirit of humility. The other is we can go so become so scared to tell the truth and the ah. And we don't ever want anyone to know that we think Jesus' exclusiveness is exclusive because it might offend someone. I want you to be able to find that balance of being able to boldly speak the ways of Jesus but with humility and gentleness. 1 Peter 3.15 tells us this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. So, with that all said, Jesus claims that if you follow him, you will be able to live life in the fullest. My answer to the question, do all religions lead to God, is a firm no. It's only through Jesus that I believe that we can be led to God. But that's up for you to continue to study and look for. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day and opportunity to speak and this opportunity to talk about world religions and to ask the very difficult question in a society of pluralism where we have so many different ideologies, worldviews, and thoughts thrown at us every day. But God, truth prevails, and your truth has prevailed for the last thousands and thousands of years. And your goodness prevails, and I pray that as we continue to look, I pray that you would continue to reveal yourself to us, and I pray that we would continue to seek you, love you, and as you say in James, um, that when we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Jesus, make us all less so that you could become great. So I pray this in your holy and precious name. Amen. Peace out, Ebenezer Youth.